Hello, listening people. Guten Tag. Oh boy, get that Nazi language out of here, Bartek. Taking off the lederhosen. That's my name and you're Ryan. And I'm Ryan and we're spitting Polish, likely because we're always spitting and, well, I happen to be Polish. I don't know about you this episode with your with your Guten Tag and well, Heils. Took, but I took off the lederhosen. I didn't say Heils, so it means I'm Polish. Oh, okay. Is it only Germans who wear lederhosens or do other countries do that as well? Like, do the Swedes... I met, well, I'm just going to take a guess that they're the only ones that would call it a Lederhosen, but maybe there's sure? an equivalence in other countries. Ooh, we're going to have to ask every European country, one at a time, individually. Like, uh, we call it Lederhosen, but it's not a German word. It's not a Deutsch word. So, this is our podcast where we talk about Lederhosens. <laughs> it's called Pictures Lederhosen. Swallow in German. Um, yeah, Pictures Power, the show, is what we're actually doing. The one that we do in which we cover a movie that has come recommended. Whether that recommendation is from Bartek, myself, or the listening people. Bartek, it was a pick from you this episode and it was yep. a German movie hence all the German banter I mean as two Polish people the only time we reference Germany is in a negative sense so it wasn't this just, episode it wasn't just random gratuitous German guys it was a reference yeah exactly it was a reference to the film which was called Achtung Baby Achtung Baby Alvitazane Alvitazane yes so what's the film uh, the English title is The Wave the German title is Die Welle Die Welle, from 2008, 2008, to be precise, because yes. when I told my parents that I was watching The Wave, they were like, oh, I know that movie. And I'm like, yeah, the German one. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's like a made-for-TV There's version. a 2015 oh, The one. Wave movie called The Wave, and I think it's a Norwegian movie about monsters or something okay. or other. And apparently that movie's very, very good too. So 2008, The Wave... Or Devel. <laughs> um, uh, so, Bartek. Yes. You picked this. I did. So, obviously, you're going to tell everyone that if they haven't watched this before, they should. Before we talk about it in depth. Mm-hmm. So that they don't get spoiled. I mean, Is that what you're you going to say? It, you said it, not me. Well, but... I'm questioning, are you going to say that? Well, you've already said it. But so... Are you going to say it? Do, I mean, would it be redundant if I said yes? No. Then, Yes. Okay, and he said it. There you go. You heard it from you heard it from his mouth. So hey, guys, watch the film before listening to this episode if you want. I recommend it. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it in depth. Uh, so it's a film that I'm pretty sure not everyone has seen. I had never heard of it before. So yeah, for me, literally a few weeks ago, I was thinking of, hmm, what are some foreign films that I could do that I've seen? Mm. And this one just snapped into my head like, oh, yeah, I have seen that. Because I was going to question, like, yeah, why? So our history with this, like I just said, I had never seen this before or heard of it before. I will be honest, I haven't watched or uh, watched or heard of many German films. I've seen Goodbye Lenin, which I think is like a big one. I, you know that's a big one if you know it where it's like uh, that that's the one where it's like uh, the mo- the this mother she has like a coma or gets knocked unconscious or whatever and like the whole era of the wall in Germany has been torn down and whatever but they want to keep up the pretense and please don't forget Thunderpants was part German well apparently. well I, 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 I thought that was implied <laughs> yes <laughs> um, honestly I'm not sure if I have seen any other German films myself either not in Glorious Bastards <laughs> I mean, I've seen that. There you go. Nailed it. So the, uh, that's uh, like, oh, and Thunderpants, That's like 90% German. 
Yeah, 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 that's true. 15% French, 5% English. Oh, 15 might be a bit generous, but it was a good it was a good percentage, whatever it was. Yeah, so I went over 100 there, by the way. I that's, went to 110. I've seen 100% French So, um, you had seen this when and why and how? I saw this when I was in year 11 psychology. Of course, of course. Uh, that this fun fact for people that are fans of this podcast, that's where I uh, really made my friendship with Reese. you know, a thing. Ah, uh, a frequent guest, Reese. Yes, because I, I went to a second high school starting in year 11, and that's where Reese was, and we were in that class together, so we just sat mm. next to each other and goofed around and learned. See, I thought you specifically chose this film as well, not just because you had seen it, but because one of the characters looks strikingly like a blonde version of your friend Malloy. <laughs> That's in this film. The character of Kevin. Oh, the rich one. The rich one looks like your good friend Malloy, but blonde and more European. And I was just like, yep, that looks like Malloy. I need to see him again, but I think I might know what you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I thought, oh, he chose it for the, the fact that we couldn't get Malloy on the show. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we we watched this film in Year 11 Psychology because uh, apparently, just to give some backstory to the basis of this film, back in the 60s, an American teacher like tried to do an experiment like this. And apparently it wasn't as dramatic as what this film oh, shows, but the, the guy apparently has seen this film and he says that there are similarities. Um, and also in Year 11 Psychology, we were learning about the Stanford prison experiments. Yes, which... I was going to say, I, when watching this, was reminded of that. And there is a movie of that that's also very good. It's oh, worth a watch. Yeah. That one takes some dramatic liberties too. But uh... I remember that when we were studying psychology, we didn't really refer to the these like um, experiments by the like, title. We usually referred to them by the people who <laughs> ran them. So I think that one was, his name's like Zimbago or something like mm. that. So every time I see Stanford Prison Experiment, I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's Zim- Zimbardo, whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, anyway, we who saw... Who was played in the movie version by Billy Crudup, who was the big blue guy in the Watchmen movie. I haven't seen Watchmen. But, but you I've... know of the big blue guy with the big blue dick? I've Dr. Heard, Manhattan? I've, I've heard of the dick. The... You've heard... <laughs> I've heard of the dick. I haven't seen it, though. I've felt it. But I haven't seen it. I've heard of it. Tasted, maybe. Not yet. Uh, yeah, so we saw this film in the in a year 11 psychology class, and I remember it, uh, you know, obviously it had a bunch of extreme things happen in it, but I'd kind of forgotten about it over the years, and then mm. again, a few weeks ago, I remembered it, and I'm like, oh yeah, and I messaged Reese asking, like, hey, remember this film, The Wave, we saw, do you remember if it was any good or not? Mm. And he gave me this vague answer of, like, it was effective at delivering its message. Uh... And I was like, ah, oh, that's a compliment, but not really an answer, but... So... Can you answer that question now that you've rewatched it? I I actually quite enjoyed it. Very, very much? You very much enjoyed it? Do you think it stands above the statement that Reese said? Do you think it stands on its own as just a film, or is it a film that is like it is just effective at what it's trying to deliver? I think it's just a good film. I not, not great, but I enjoyed good. this film. I don't really have any major issues with it. I do, however, agree with the statement of it is a, 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 an effective movie at delivering what it's trying to get across to the point in which rewatchability of this is going to be very sparse. This will be one that I would only revisit like one a handful time, of yeah. times over a long period of time just because it is... 
very much a message movie. Mm. This is no movie about characters, really. Like, there are character stuff in there, oh, but... A lot of archetypal, like, characters, yeah. But not even that. Like, it doesn't even matter about that. It's more about, like, what the idea is. This idea of basically starting a fascist cult in your school classroom setting and it's spreading. That's what this is more about than than your typical three-act structure. Oh, the main character has an arc and learns this, this, and this. It's like, that's those stuff... That stuff does happen in ways, but it's not as prevalent. So that kind of thing makes it a little bit tougher of a rewatch when it is more of a, like, not just concept movie, but a message movie. But honestly, I enjoyed this movie very much. I found it very striking. I thought the visuals of the movie was very good. I thought the pacing and the tone was very good. And the ominous feeling of dread was very prevalent and very well handled. Mm. Like I said, very few problems. I do have like one major problem, but it's like it makes sense in the context of the film, but it's still kind of like one of those problems that I would give a pass because it's just me being a film nerd or film fan where I'm just like... The character of Tim, the the the, yeah, the shooter the... character, I found him a little too obvious. Like, obvious what that character was from the very, very beginning. Like, I didn't yeah. feel the subtlety with him in comparison to every other character, even if they were broad archetypes. I found that that particular character was a little too on the nose. Yeah, from like, his first obvious. scene, you could tell immediately that, like, you know, for everyone that hasn't seen it or don't remember... He he's riding a motorcycle. He comes up to these guys that are very much of the streets, much like John Peters, and uh, <laughs> classic yeah. John Peters joke. Uh, and they give he gives them you know the drugs. That's like they very much the dialogue indicates is a big amount, high quality. And if cops see you with this, you're in big trouble. They ask him how much, and he's just got this like you know very vacant smile on his face. It's like you guys are my homies. No no charge. And it's just like oh this guy's clearly like you know. Got got something I- wrong. He's got issues and he wants to please people. And just looking at him, like yeah. he has that haircut and that kind of vacant expression and the awkward clothes, and it's just like. Uh, okay. And as the film goes on, he gets really, really quickly into the entire experiment. I'm not saying that there aren't people like that. I mean, I, you know, I, I, but it's just like for a film, it's like if you know films, it's very obvious where it was going with that. As soon as they introduced that he had a gun and he said it wasn't a real gun, you're like, of course it is, because look at him. This obviously is. And then later on when it comes into play and you're like, uh, obvious, like it was a little bit too on the nose for that. But other than that, I really found this movie effective. Um, were there any, um, so Bartek, you watch, you, you, you do watch some foreign films a little more than I do, I would say, mainly because... Not as often as I'd like to, but definitely I do. How frequent of a visitor of Europe are you when it comes to foreign films? Um, I'd say when I do watch a foreign film, I was going to say most of them, but now I just remembered I watched Bollywood, so... And or animes. Yeah, not as much films as I'd like, uh, but fair number of European stuff. I've seen some from various European mm. countries. Any particular standouts of European movies that you can think of that you've enjoyed, or any country in particular from Europe that you've enjoyed cinema from? I'm, you've seen The Hunt from Denmark, yeah? Yes. That one is one I really like, and I always wonder, like, maybe I'll pick it for the podcast That's sometime. the only one from Denmark I've ever watched. Have I seen anything else from Denmark? Maybe that's it. 
from Denmark, yeah. Because I've only seen Mads Mikkelsen in English-speaking roles mm. other than that, or movies where it's like he's forced to speak another language, but they're like Western movies, like, you know, like Hollywood or yeah. English. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing like things like Spice World, Allergy into House don't count for the European we're talking about. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, nor does Borat. <laughs> well, well Borat... Borat does take place yeah. in Kazakhstan for a little while, and he speaks a he, bunch of different a languages. Actor. Who, who, I don't know what what country was behind that production, though. Oh, England, England, <laughs> or America. But um, <laughs> any any standout foreign films other than The Hunt, or countries that you particularly enjoy or want to see more films from? Let's see. What else have I seen movies from? The few Polish films I've seen are. I, I guess effective at their message, like a lot of war films, like cut in stuff like that. I've actually heard that Polish films are really good, like especially the ones that aren't just about the war or the German, like st- like Russian stuff or the German stuff. Or their romantic comedies apparently are mediocre. <laughs> Is that, do they have the Polish lector over them, <laughs> even no, though I'm... it's in Polish? <laughs> <laughs> they should really make a parody film about that guy or something like that. <laughs> I remember um a couple of years ago when uh Deadpool was, you know, being released in cinemas, Poland had this like really staunch thing about how we are not going to put Deadpool in our cinemas because we want to promote uh Polish films. Yes. And a lot of people were very you know very proud of them, but then another part of the people were like, "Yeah, but the Polish film that you're putting in instead is just another crappy romantic comedy or something like that." See, for me, I've watched a lot of European films, but, uh, like, I'm tending at late to be drawn to more Asian cinema. Obviously, South Korea's been very popular, but also I've been watching some movies from the Philippines, Japan as well, not just animated animated films, but live action. But when it comes to Europe, I've always been fascinated with... I mean, it sounds pretentious, but the French do make good movies. Like The Untouchables was one I've seen. It's really good. And I can't remember the name of the guy who did it, but uh, the director. But he, his big Western movie was uh, Alien Four: Resurrection. But that guy did uh, Amelie, mm. and uh, the one that you would love, the Delicatessen. That one's amazing. You would love that movie so much. And maybe we'll do it on the show. But thinking, the, think, those yeah. are some standouts. And obviously, Bartek and I have studied... Uh, we we studied, did study some film at certain points. And we watched some different foreign movies. Mm-hmm. And there was that French movie that I'm forgetting the title of. That was that surrealist was movie. Was it Belle de Jour? Yeah, Belle de Jour. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. That was one of my favorites from that course, even though everyone else hated it. But then there were French films like Breathless. That oh, I'm that's like, the other one. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't need that new wave was that bullshit. <laughs> Was that the one where early on the guy was like shooting the sun with a gun? I I assume that was the one that I did, and uh, my film lecturer was like, "So, what did we all think of the movie?" And no one really had anything to say. And then I gave really detailed <laughs> reasons why I did not enjoy it and did not care for it, but I respected it. And he was just like, "Oh, well, that's my favorite film in the whole entire curriculum." And he was really offended at me. You should have been like, "Ah, your old wave, your old wave." So yeah, I'm thinking of a bunch of European countries that I've seen a film from, but I'm like, have I only seen one? Yeah, and then there are other films. I'm thinking like that was a foreign film, but what country was it? <laughs> and obviously, Czech, uh, the old, the old country oh, of, of Czechoslovakia. Yes. <laughs> Bartek and I like to watch old Czechoslovakian movies or Czech movies or Slovakian movies, depending where they've they fall. All, they've now. been all like 60s and 70s, right? 60s, 70s Czechoslovakian seen movies. Four at this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're amazing. We've seen one of them multiple times. <laughs> we'll do it on the show one day. I swear. We should. 
Um, so to get back to this movie, German movie, yeah, I don't think I've really seen many German movies before. So, but here's the thing. I recognize quite a few of the actors in this. Oh, okay. So the guy who looks like our good friend Malloy and the main student guy whose name is escaped me of Marco. Marco. Um, those two guys play best friends in the TV show Sense8, the Netflix show made by the same guy who did the Babylon 5 and by the the the, uh, the Wachowskis. So as soon as I saw them two, I was like, oh, good. I know that there's going to be good acting in this. Like, you know, I've already seen these guys act before. That's always like a benefit too when you're watching something where you see some reliable actors mm-hmm. and you go, oh, cool. And, uh, and they're speaking just full German in this and that show. They speak a mixture of German and English. And it was weird to see them be adversarial in this movie because in that show, they're like the bestest of friends. And uh, the guy who plays Kevin is called Felix in that show and he doesn't have peroxide blonde hair. He has like just normal brown hair. So I was like thrown off with like, oh my God. Do these two characters interact in this film? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, There's that scene where uh, Kevin is like, I want to come back and join the wave. And he's like, I don't think you should. And they they have interactions throughout, but not as heavy as others. But it was kind of weird to see them adversarial in this so i enjoyed that and i and i didn't look it up but i do recognize the teacher from something but i didn't get a chance to look up the teacher Mm. but uh i really enjoyed the concept of this movie and then afterwards when i looked it up i was shocked to see the original story and how that unfolded and where that was set because this movie it really does benefit from it being in germany the story yeah, the history of Germany in and... the early parts of the film before they introduce like what they're gonna do in the class. They have a it, it the class is a class on autocracy, um, and they have there's a lot of mentions from the students like very much indicating how Germany uh, treats the fact that you know what, what they were like in World War Two, and they're like yeah. we get it, the Nazis are bad. We're never gonna live it down when we do. Uh, this it always goes wrong or something like that. Yeah, and there's that thing of the debate of can Germany be ever internationalism in that, that's, any way? That's the thing that I was trying to say. Yeah, and I found that a very interesting idea because mm. from an outsider perspective, uh, I've met a lot of Europeans. Like I've had exchange students in my in my school or met a lot of people who are from European countries that were neutral or, or siding with the with the Germans during the Second World War and their whole thing is like they don't know nothing about the Second World War because that's like cut out information in certain other countries but with Germany I can't remember how it fully goes there like I know that there's lots of we don't talk about this or you don't show that or whatever but at the same time there's also obviously got to be a lot of information talked about it because it's such a pivotal part of their nation yeah that's that's my understanding of it like they learn like you know what they did wrong basically in World yeah too and to like learn from that but to see it done in this movie to give a different context from an outsider perspective or from our perspective it was very interesting because like, these are all concepts i've never thought of before like you know you think of germany now and you just go oh they, yeah they've moved beyond that like everything's mm. fine like yeah they have neo-nazis but every country has neo-nazis like you know there's always those things but yeah. like this question of can we ever have nation- any nationalism in any way, shape, or form is showing the German flag at a football match too overt. Yeah, or that's that all that. That's what triggered this whole like nationalism thing. Just like oh, we saw German flags at a football game and we thought that was kind of weird. And I find that so fascinating. Then obviously the debate of you know 
since we went through a fascist regime, that'll never happen again because we're too enlightened now or we've gone past that. Yeah. And you shake your head going, no, 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 no. You're still human. You're still humans. But to see how they get exploited and manipulated and how everyone falls into these roles and patterns and how everyone, like, joins in. And the people who don't join in get excluded, just like how fascism works. And not to... This is jumping right to the end, but also at the very climax of this, you know, passion, when he asks, like, what do we do with this guy who's betrayed Mm. us? And suddenly then they're like... Wait a second, this is fucked up. We we can't just like kill him or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bully guy. <laughs> the big fat bomber. Bu- yeah, bomber, yeah. Um yeah, I found that very interesting, that that questioning. And the film explores that. Like it wasn't just like a for a few scenes. That's all, that's what the whole film is about. It's a thesis, it's a dissection. It is a class of, of this. And obviously the film is taking dramatic liberties, obviously. You have to accept that. Like I found it a little hard to swallow at certain points that this is taking place in one week. Yeah. That it escalates so quickly and so I think, fast. I think even before... Okay, yeah, because the film frequently gives you titles like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday's the end. I think before even Wednesday happened, some big things had already happened. And I was like, oh, it's, it's only Tuesday. Yeah, and like I have nitpicks and things that uh, bug me but I go I I was swallowed into the narrative of the film mm. enough to let those things slide or not let them impede the enjoyment of the film like yeah it felt awful quick for them to rise to this level like maybe if it was two weeks I could feel it better but yeah. like uh, just I feel like five when, days when they a were too quick for when, my liking yeah when they were tagging the town I thought like this is a bit quick yeah and um yeah, and it was very, very quick, but I understand it's a film. You need things to to do that, but yeah. and you need, they wanted to have that framing mechanism of see how quickly one can fall into fascism, which mm. is fair enough. Uh, the film did offset me to begin with because they were playing a, a song by the band The Ramones, but it wasn't sung by was The Ramones. or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the guy's wearing a Ramones t-shirt, and I'm like, well, fucking <laughs> what? Could they not afford the actual Ramones song? I love the Ramones, but this cover's better. Yeah, like, very odd choice. So that threw me off the beaten track. And there's, just to talk about some negatives, mm-hmm. I would have liked a bit more from the school faculty as a thing. Like, that other teacher guy, he just goes away. Yeah, after... And like, I thought he was going to be more of an adversarial foil, or even the guy's wi- uh, leads, lead teacher's wife. Yeah. She should have been more vocal, but it kind of felt like you, we've got to be in the madness. You see her a, a little bit in the first third, then there's like a, you know, final scene, or two final scenes with her where things go to shit. Yeah, and I felt like... I wish that we saw more of the school faculty. The closest that we get that I thought was a real throwing the wrench in was when the principal's like, I'm on your side. But at the same time, I felt like that should have come earlier in the film because my big question was that I couldn't get past was a lead student's girlfriend becomes disillusioned and she joins up with a resistance group, basically, and they hand out flyers. And my big thing that I couldn't get past with that story is we never saw them go to the school administration and complain. Wouldn't that be the first thing you would do? 
Yeah, you wouldn't considering... be printing out things and whatnot. And I thought, like, if they introduced the principal thing a little earlier and then had the students go and they got you know pushed back because the administration of the uh, school was backing side, yeah. him but we never saw that so that was like that subplot that 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 side story i just couldn't buy it as strongly as the film wanted me to because my logic of this being a real world scenario based on true events you know obviously fictionalized for some degree i just go what she never talked to her parents and they never talked to the school or she didn't talk to the school like i find that very unbelievable yeah, if, we, if we had that you could have because and look this is obvious but like with the fact that the teacher is you know the the leader of this group it's obviously an analogy to hitler yeah um and if you had this thing of like even talking to the people above him doesn't work it almost solidifies like oh hitler here has all the power and then wouldn't it be cool if maybe the administration from the school after she's talked to them or talked to the parents maybe convinced her parents of the values of this and then she's having it from all sides mm. that could have been in- because we introduced her parents for and then they never come back yeah the little brother comes back sort of just yeah like that's something that's frequent enough but her parents are introduced for no real reason other than do that we... we show that they're sexually deviant in the house and that was it and i'm like okay fun gag but like do where does see, this go do we see the mother after she tries on the like white shirt i don't think so yeah it's weird. Um, yeah, it, it's that kind of thing that bugs me. But then you watch it and the performances, even though there's a language barrier, you tell that these performances are just so good. Mm. Like, um, Rainer, that guy, he's so good. And the way that he falls into this fascist leader role and his struggle and then acceptance of it and then struggle again. You could buy him as like, yeah, because the, the whole thing about him at the beginning is that he's a charismatic teacher and a lot of people are doing his class, which he isn't very passionate about just because they like him. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, he's a teacher who's like, I don't give a shit about teaching, but I actually do. And he's got those two facets. He's got that like cool detached kind of thing, you know, rock and roll high school. But then when he's uh, being the coach of the water polo team, he's, he's like, very serious. He's super like sport. Coach yeah, which it. I found very interesting. Um, what are some things you want to talk about when it comes to this movie? What is something that stuck with you on this watch? Um, well, definitely what we were talking about earlier about um, you know how they view Germany, you know the fascist stuff. Um, I I noticed on this viewing that obviously a lot of the students do fall into certain like archetypes. Yeah, and um, that had a you know, positive effect of, like, I might not remember a lot of their names. But, but you si- remember their type. But I remember their types and, like, the ways that they... What they got out of the wave and, like, how they went yeah. to shoot. So that was, that was a really good use of archetypes. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was... Like, although, you know, archetypes and character types can be a little bit annoying at times when you watch a movie. We've complained about this on the show before. Sometimes, I mean, you have them there for a reason sometimes... But they I do, reason, but yeah. I, I, but I do see that someone could get a bit tired of it, especially when it's a school setting. Yeah. Because school setting environments always have the same archetypes. You have the cliques, yeah. the cliques, the nerds, the jocks, the, bully, the bullies, the, the, kids, the token minority. You know, the Turkish guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like you, know, you always have. Yeah, but considering what this film these is, things, you yeah. have the stuffy old teacher who doesn't understand the young hip ways of the younger teacher who's like, yeah. Yeah, anarchy. But, like, that's what I mean. Like, 
I wish that teacher got to be in it more because he could have been a great foil because in the end, that teacher was right. <laughs> but we never get that satisfaction of any of that because he appears in like two, three scenes. Yeah, he appears once to be like, well, I've taken the class you wanted, have fun with this one. He appears in a scene where he's getting annoyed that they're stomping on his ceiling. And then he's got that, like, you know, haha, got him scene where it's like, my students are annoyed. His students turn up. We're not annoyed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I swear, to be honest, that the f- him complaining about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him complaining about the foot stomping scene and that scene with the kids are basically joined scenes. They, like, they happen in quick yeah. succession. So he's like, he's only in it for, like, five minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's generous. That's very generous. <laughs> I don't even know if we could say three. But uh, um, to go on some more positives about this, I thought the music was very good when it was not the cover of the Ramones song. <laughs> I thought that um, they did a really fun job of editing the frantic nature of party scenes and when they were spray painting all over the place, like the quick edits... And the cinematography being very handheld and shaky was very beneficial to adding to that frantic chaos of mm. a bunch of young people running around being silly and immature yeah, and as much, whatnot. As much as I said earlier about how I felt that came too quickly, it was well done. It was well done. I, I, I agree. It did feel a little bit rushed. And there's some certain elements that don't fully work. Like it introduces the that the anarchists are an actual gang in town. Yeah. And they don't really factor into anything other than showing off that Tim has a gun. Yeah, at first. That's like literally what the anarchists are there to yeah. exist for. So Tim can but show be, off that he has a gun but before, early in the movie. Yeah, but before that scene, two guys turned up and they were called... The, the and, and the way people called them like anarchos and I was like oh is that just like their insult but then it turned out like oh no they're actually from a gang called the anarchists yeah and they were bullying Tim it's like like they only existed so that they could show that Tim has a gun it's literally Chekhov's gun yeah and the first two like because them picking on Tim showed like this instant idea of like oh the wave members they're wearing their uniforms they see one of them's in trouble they immediately feel compelled to help so exactly it, it introduces like the community outside of the classroom yes aspect. the the comradeship and the fact that tim's got real friends now and one of them's a bully and that's you know development yeah him, it is development yeah. uh this film is very haunting, though. This, you know, it, it gives you this real, like, oh, no, no, no. Because, <laughs> you know, if you know anything about fascism and you know anything about all of this, the way that these characters don't understand that they're fascists is very compellingly done for, for my money. Like, mm. you understand how they don't understand that they're falling into fascism because for them, they're getting nothing but perks and rewards and benefits from being fascists. While everyone else isn't. And for them, it's like, well, we're not having any negative repercussions to ourselves. So how are we being bad? In fact, it's you who's being bad. You should join us. Um, I also felt like maybe, like I get it, but maybe... (sighs) I would have liked a little bit more of an understanding of the ideology of the wave, but at the same time, that's not the pure point. Yeah. But there, there is a point where you go, yeah, but what are you getting out of this? Yeah, it was meant to be a... Because it was introduced, you know, as a class experiment. It was just meant to exist, you know, within the class and, like, you know, outside the class, just, like, on online sphere or something like that. So it was only meant to be a microcosm of any sort of, like, real ideology. It's, like, the yeah. fact that they existed as a community 
just created an ideology out of nowhere almost. Yeah. yeah, well, they do have the ideology of discipline, like, was it order through discipline, I yeah. guess, which is there, but I felt like there comes a point where it's like a little bit more fleshing out, but at the same time, I understand why it isn't there. Yeah. It, it it's also a did... microcosm. It's rushing through these things. I get it. It also did that like classroom thing where they like quickly established some rules. Like, who's going to be leader? Uh, the teacher is okay. Good. Uh, what are some things that an autocracy needs to have? Okay, we'll this, have this, that. This. Yeah, and that's and, basically the setup. And they do those things, and it's done very, very well. Yeah, it's yeah. very haunting. And then this film came out twelve years ago. Yeah, two thousand eight. And boy, has it held up, huh? Let's talk about the modern context of today. When I first saw it, it was only two years old. Now it's 12. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? Um, yeah, it's very haunting to watch this movie today, especially in an era now. Not saying that we haven't had this be something growing. This was growing back then. But we live in an era now, obviously, in a modern context of neo-Nazism being very... Prevalent. There are a lot of jokes online about, like, hey, remember when America generally agreed that Nazis are a bad thing? Yeah, or any Western country agreed that Nazis were bad things, because Australia, we have it too. We, England has it, England's always kind of had neo-Nazi stuff going on for quite some time, but, like, not as high as publicised as uh, America. Obviously, with America, I think the big thing is... They they have like the neo Nazis openly uh, like backing a big political candidate who is the literal president of America, Donald Trump, and he acknowledges that they exist and doesn't really condone them. I think that's the big thing, and then that fuels more and more and more. Doesn't and then, condemn them, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't condemn them. Sorry, and then uh, he condones them. <laughs> <laughs> but then obviously, then there's all these fractured off groups that are very fascist in their own rights. You got the men's rights activists. You got you know the incels. You got all these different little weirdo factionists groups that are. You see that this film is like warning us. You could easily fall down these rabbit holes and good people like like Marco can turn bad like he hits his girlfriend and I love that scene where he talks to Raina about how like uh, you know this fascist bullshit like look what's maybe done like, like yeah, I love her but yet I hit her like he was he went from being really into the wave to immediately seeing like they've turned me into a monster like within one action with, so. and he was cognitive enough to realize that that was a bad thing. Mm. While others in the group don't realize the bad things that they're doing. Tim, obviously, is the example, but then also the Turkish guy. He nearly drowns another guy in the pool, and they're doing the water polo. Mm. And he has no regret about doing that. Like, that kind of thing, like... And obviously... Them when the when the when the match is happening and the crowd getting into a fight, none of them acknowledge the fact that it's their fault. They all think it's Marco's girlfriend's fault for these flyers, but it was already kind of starting off before then. And the acknowledgement of who holds the blame in these kind of fascist groups are always, oh, it's someone else. It's never our responsibility. Or a lot of these kind of groups. And the film does a really great job of showing that mentality and how people can feel that way and, and, and push the blame onto other groups, other people, even if they're not responsible. I also think that this film did a really good job of suspense in terms of, I felt really suspenseful when she was... The school at night? School at night. I thought something was going to happen there. It's like not out of... I mean, obviously it would be an exaggeration of like real life, but it's like... 
has this group gotten so crazy that there is someone like stalking the school at night watching her? Yeah, yeah, like are they gonna actually strike her down? Mm. I loved the weird touch that the first people to leave the wave is the Malloy character, I like to call him. Just because he's a dickhead, and yeah, then he when... comes back and joins them because he has no friends. His reputation, yeah. I, you were mentioning earlier about how, like, you know, the film makes you feel uncomfortable and stuff. He leaves when it was just a little bit, and he's just like, this is weird. It's like he was seeing it from the beginning, but he still gets indoctrinated later. Yeah, just because he has no one to hang out with. Yeah. And that's a part of what they discuss, too, of, like, all these elements that lead people to join these groups and these ideologies and these groups ideas of fascism all that is like you know people lose their individuality when they're in a group they say exactly and uh you know i i enjoyed that but also like i like that he never fully is indoctrinated because he's still a he's still got his angle about it like like and he doesn't he doesn't end up wearing the uniform does he no oh maybe when they go to the pool because everyone is but i can't fully remember but i i think he was always like sort of on probation like okay yeah i was expecting honestly um with that if this was a miniseries or longer movie or whatever i was expecting honestly him to be coming in and he would start a splinter group within the like you know how with all these groups there's always like different factions of things and like he would accidentally but somehow actually become make a a leader yeah like he wanted to be like he would corrupt the ones in the group that is already corrupted to do his own version and i thought that would be an an interesting idea to explore Mm. if this was like a mini series i could see this be a a mini series yeah if they wanted to delve away a bit more from the the historical analogies i think man this could be well did the nazis have like something like that happen what little groups within groups yeah i mean sure somewhat um but maybe not under the nazi government itself but fascism always has those different splits i mean look Mm. at all the different groups of neo-nazis and nazisms that spawned since world war ii Mm. you know you have you know all the different neo-nazi groups like the the fourth reich and on and on it goes like all these (laughs) different groups of neo-Nazis and Nazis that don't like one another because they all have different viewpoints. And (laughs) and this doesn't obviously factor into just Nazism or fascism. These happen to all kind of groups of things. Like, you have different waves of feminism. I was just thinking that, yeah. Or, you know, yeah, you have TERFs and, like, you... And you have this, 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 and just several groups. That's not comparing... I'm not trying to compare, compare fascism and feminism. That's just, like, a thing. Like, with all these different subcultures and groups, you're gonna have splinters often each one where everyone has a different viewpoint and they feel strongly about it yes but if the dots connect feminisms feminisms <laughs> feminists maybe you're nazis feminazis is what they're called Thank oh yeah you. i forgot about that you forgot the phrase <laughs> um i'm bad at making fun of me people. bad <laughs> um but yeah i found this a very compelling watch uh any problems that you had with this movie um I feel like throughout the middle point of the film, that's where we focus a lot more on the students than on uh, Rainer himself. Rainer. Um, And I felt like when it came to the point where his wife was chewing him out about how, you know, this has changed you, Mm. I felt like it might have been a bit more effective if they'd shown a bit more of how it changed him. Because, like, when he's in class, obviously he's the leader, and I just saw that as him following, like, his His lesson plan, his acting and all that. I don't... and I know that, like, obviously when the principal, like, complimented him and, like, he was... He got talking, an ego boost. And he was talking about how, you know, my students, they're really engaged now. 
I didn't really see his changes as being that negative, just more so a bit oblivious. Yeah, but I think that's what she was arguing too. In her, in that scene's defense, she was arguing that he's being oblivious. But then it came across like she was calling him a monster. Though. His outburst is what made her go into that mode. I think of her calling him monster because he's saying all these terrible things and he means them. That's yeah, the obviously when that happens, that's an obvious change. But it, it, because the film believes that up to that point he's been established as that. Yeah, I. That's what I mean. I think he needed more foils from the yes. school administration to also fuel this argument that he has that, that he doesn't get respect from the other teachers about what he's teaching. Because I saw how that they connect those dots, but it's a very, very loose connection. And I think that needed to be built up more. Mm. So when he does explode at his wife and he has this built-in resentment, maybe we could see more clear evidence that he can draw upon for this because really it's only that one teacher guy that doesn't like him and he doesn't even not like him he's just like I'm doing the class that you want to do and that's it like he doesn't even have any like adversarial thing about it that other teacher he's just like I'm doing it mm. whatever and like that's kind of it um yeah I think that is a problem I also how do you feel about the end like the shooting because I don't know. I, I I know how they build up to it. Maybe it's because I have a bias. Because like I said, I think that Tim character just doesn't is too, too too broad for me. But it felt like when I was watching it, oh, this is a tacked on thing. Like this didn't happen. Like I knew lots of things didn't happen, but like yeah. this that felt a little bit too like things in the modern day with school shootings are happening. So let's put it in this. It didn't feel like natural to me as strongly what about you i guess it's kind of hard to say because as little as i remember about this film that is one thing i remembered so when i was watching the film and like every scene with him i'm like oh yeah i can see where you know this is leading to the conclusion i know about yeah Uh, if i could just be a little bit more fresh with this film maybe it would have felt a bit better but i think yeah, with with all the foreshadowing they did, like, oh, he has a gun, and of course it would be real. Yeah, yeah. I Like, it's not like they, they didn't do the legwork or put in the effort. It's just, for me, it just feels a little artificial. Like, it feels a little bit like a script is being played out. Like, oh, we've set the Chekhov's gun, and now we're going to shoot it in the third act, and... It's really a bit too, for me, hammering in the messaging of the movie. Like, I felt like his speech that he gave and the demonstration he gave he was, was enough. showing them their hypocrisy and I thought it how was, misguided they were. That I is thought, true. I yeah. thought it was enough, and then ending with everyone being disillusioned about their own individualism. But, and maybe would some have been, people would still be into it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, but in the end, it's just kind of like everyone just kind of walks off and is focused on the fact that a guy killed himself and the teacher's being arrested. Instead of, like, we get Marco and his girlfriend and her friend, that's kind of the closure we get out of the students, but there were so many, like... Yeah. I'm not saying we didn't get any for others. There was, like, that other guy who was arguing about, no, we should let the wave continue, whatever, and then Reina kind of talked him into place, but, like... I don't know, it's just kind of like, and the VAT guy got shot, and, you know, off he goes, it's like, so what's he going to be like after he's all healed up, is he going to be, how disillusioned is he, or how far in is he going to be, because that could push you one way or the other, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, this isn't a film where it's like, oh, well, we know where everyone's going from here. Yeah, and I think just having Tim blow up at the end with a gun also serves as the fact that um, everyone would become wholly disillusioned in the wave as well. Like, it serves as that point of, well, if we left it with just him giving a speech, it would be like what you said, like, how many would actually want to continue it on? But if you have, like one of them be broken by this whole wave concept and shoot people, no one would want to be in the wave after that. Yeah, that so is a good point. So it hammers that point in as well in a yeah. narrative structure. But also, I don't know how I felt about the end shot. That, yeah, I've had... It's it's an odd one. It's he's So it's he's in the back of a police car and it's from the perspective of, like, you know, the middle front of the car. And uh, he's uh, he's got his... His head in his hands, and then he looks into the camera with this, like, like haunting realisation. And then it freeze frames, and then credits. And yeah. I didn't know how to feel about that. Uh, it was a little bit too corny for me. Mm. I thought maybe just let it fade. <laughs> I think there was a review that went into a lot of detail somewhere. I think it was in, like, the reception section of Wikipedia as the link. Uh, something like he must have realized uh, his allusions to Hitler because Hitler did a very similar thing at this one <sighs> point in history where this happened and this happened and he was shocked by it. Or, I, uh... I don't know. Felt like too much reading into it. They, it could mean anything and that's the problem. We don't know what it really means. Uh, my wife asked me this and I wanted to ask you this. What was he being arrested for? That is a good point. Um, I... I think, uh, I think because he did the um, that whole meeting at school, right? Yes. I think that would have constituted his duty of care. Yes. So the fact that a student was shot and another committed suicide under his duty of care might have been a factor in that. But, but that might be. Would you get arrested for that? Isn't that more of an internal thing with the school? Like you don't get arrested for for that, right? Would you? I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I mean, that he someone, wouldn't. I'm just trying to figure out, like... I feel like when someone dies, police have to get into it. No, right? but I'm saying, so... like, they wouldn't arrest him. They would take him in for questioning, but they had him in handcuffs and he was arrested. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, sure, he failed his duty of care, but is that a mm. criminal offence to the point in which you'd be arrested on site? Or is that more of a, yeah, you have to point. come down and detail the events of what happened? It's not like he shot the kid. Yeah. That's what I'm a bit confused on. Like, I was saying, is it maybe some would say an inciting of a riot or incident because he was a leader of this event? But, like, again, like, it makes a great visual, but I'm just not 100% sure of what it is that he's getting booked in for when he goes to the was, station. Like, know, maybe you know Germany what, knows. You know what, Ryan? He was too shocked by what happened to ask, wait, what are you arresting me for? They actually had nothing on him. Yeah, yeah. When he gets to the station, they're like, we were bluffing. They were Nazis. (laughs) Go home, we were bluffing. Like, that's just a nitpick, whatever. But it's something my wife asked me, and I'm like, I don't know, honestly, because Mm. I see what you're saying, duty of care, but, like, the police aren't going to arrest you necessarily on site for that, right? That would be a big deal for school, but, like... Criminally, it's not like you got locked up in jail because you failed your duty of care as a teacher. Mm, like, yeah. they're putting no, handcuffs on him. They're going to take his fingerprints when he goes in. They're going to take a photo. Like, what, what, what for? <laughs> like, I'm not saying that he did act recklessly, but, like, what do the police know when they get on site enough to arrest him on site? 
Like, they don't know the extent. Yeah, maybe it was just suspicion of something and they were going to find out more later. I'm going to say it's inciting of a riot or public whatever. I'm going to say it's a prank, bro. Oh, yeah, it's prank, bro. He did a... It was a fake Jake, gun. He did a Jake Paul and, like, ruined everyone's day he, he, and got arrested. Tim had a movie fake gun where blanks aren't lethal. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about the wave? I think we've done a pretty good job of yeah. explaining it, talking about it. Yeah, I found it very entertaining. A bit difficult to find, but it was worth a watch. If uh, if anyone from Australia is currently listening to this episode within like a hundred and maybe a dozen <laughs> days of this episode being released, the film is still on SBS On Demand. Yeah. So you uh, have access to that? I or if you have a VPN, maybe you can access it anyway. Ooh, don't tell that to SBS. I don't know how VPNs work, SBS. You can't. You have nothing on me. Uh, um, so that's about it. Obviously, we both recommend this film. It's a very... I was going to say entertaining, but it's very thought-provoking. It's a very engaging film. As a European film should be. Oh, yes. All European films should be this way. Just like the Polish movie Sex Mission. Which <laughs> is a really weird... War story movie, <laughs> um, <laughs> with a published lector as a main character, <laughs> where it's just like, hello. Should we explain what the Polish like? We mentioned it, but we didn't actually explain it within this episode. Sure, sure. So, um, in most parts of the world, when you have dubbing in a film, you typically, you know, hire a dub actor for each character, or you have, you know, a few dub actors do all the characters. Basically, they're voice acting. They're doing voice acting over something that had its original language voice acting. And Poland does it too sometimes, but the preferred method of, um, I I guess you can say, localising a film for Poland is not to dub or subtitle. I mean, you could subtitle over it if you want. But they don't like subtitles. Yeah, but the preferred method is to have what's called a lector, which comes, you know, from the word, like, lector, like, you know, someone talking to you, like, from a lecture. Um, And what it is, is there's a few people that do it in Poland, but there's one very prominent one, as prominent as, you know, like, a trailer voice person, who very monotonously, and not the, the, the original audio of the film isn't muted, it's just that whenever a character speaks in a film... It's quieted very, very much. And this guy in a very monotone voice just says the translation of what the line is. With no differentiation between the voices or emotions. It's just yeah. kind of him being like, you know... Uh, if uh, Ryan were to say... Rosebud. <laughs> if Ryan were to be like, hey, my name's Ryan, he would go, Cześć, jestem Ryan. <laughs> and you would hear what Ryan's original line like very quietly in the background. And Bartek told me about this, and then Rachel, my wife, and I looked this looked this up, and it was immediately like, "It's this guy!" Yeah, it's, like, yeah. and everyone, it was like a bunch of Polish forums that are all like, "This guy's amazing! I love this guy!" <laughs> like, genuinely, Poland loves this preferred method more than any other. Like, yeah. to us, it seems absurd. Like, even to you, Bartek, because you've grown up here in Australia. But like, I'm sure if you grew up in Poland, I've, I mean, you'd I've, be like as fine kid, with it as a kid. I have seen a few things that had that lector thing in it, and I was like, what is this? Why can I hear the original language quietly in the background, but there's just this guy speaking over, you know, monsters of little boys, little girls? Yeah. What is this? What's the weirdest film that you've had the lector do? I mean, I've the only thing I can remember seeing him in all the way was, like, um, my great-aunt and great-uncle had this, like, VHS of some... 
like children's cartoon. I haven't actually. I don't think I've seen a full film. Wow. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? what Maybe. I didn't see this in full, but I think when I was in Poland once, my cousin was watching Dude, Where's My Car with the Lektor? <laughs> and that was a bit weird. I got one question. What does he do with musicals? Like, if it's The Lion King, what does he do during the songs? That's a good... Does he just sing them? Like, I know he won't sing them, but like he has to match <laughs> the speed, right? Because that's a, that's really a part good... of dubbing. That's a really good question, because I know that, like... Some dubs actually do dub songs. And that, yeah. was, that was a big thing at the Oscars this year with the Frozen nominee. Um, yes. But I want to hear the Polish lector be like, you know, uh, uh, Akuna Matata, which wouldn't have a translation, but like it would be like, I want to be king or like be prepared. <laughs> and I want to hear him be like, you know, we grew up Kwanzaa. Or whatever. Like Randy Newman going, you got it, you mean? He'd be like, you must. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, but po- Toy Story actually did dub the song, so... When you, yeah, but those are soundtracks. Yeah. But, like, in a proper musical where you have their lips and all that, like... I feel I, I feel like they just leave it alone, but... You're yeah, wrong. I'm, they won't. I, I kind of wish they don't. I don't either. <laughs> I wish they would sing over it. Not sing, but And the foreigners would be like, why, why did they fucking make him sing? Why couldn't he just monotonously <laughs> say the line? <laughs> like, a, like a speaking spell. <laughs> So that was our episode on the wave and Polish lectors. With a with a bonus about the lector. <laughs> with the lector. If you are the lector, please contact us and please lector over this whole episode, please. That would be amazing if we had a lector cut of this episode. And then when it comes to the bit where you are doing what he does, it still goes quiet and he gives a better Polish translation of what you said. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. So, Bartek, um, it's my choice for next episode. Mm-hmm. Bartek already knows what the film is. Yes, we because we made a back alley deal. We done a lot of legwork. Well, when I say we, I mean Bartek me. has. Well, you so, lent me stuff, so that's nice. I want to watch Twin Peaks: Fire Walk with me, the David Lynch prequel film to the TV series Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. So to get prepared for this, Bartek had wa- has watched the first two seasons of Twin Peaks. Yep, uh, it's a show that I've been meaning. For, to give to Bartek for ages, but Bartek is notorious when it comes to, like, when you give him shows in particular, you don't really check them out as much. Yeah. You don't really watch as many TV shows, more movies or web things, and maybe if you do watch shows, they're like animes, maybe. Yeah. Like, Bartek will be like, I watched a show, and I'm like, was it an anime? Yes. Like, I never hear Bartek stroll up and be like, you know what I watched the other week? And I'm like... What is it, Bartek? Game of Thrones! Like, no, he doesn't watch normal (laughs) mainstream shows. And Twin Peaks isn't a normal show, but it was mainstream at a point. So we will be doing Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. Uh, I think there's only one cut of the movie because David Lynch always has creative cuts, uh, like final cut of the movie. So don't need to worry about that. Uh, If you haven't watched the show... I mean, you can watch the movie, but it is a prequel. And if you have any interest in ever watching the show, please, please, for the love of God, do not watch the movie first. This isn't... and Because this is obviously a murder mystery show and the prequel is about the murder, so... In general, if a prequel is made after something, maybe watch that original thing first. Yeah, unless it's explicitly stated by the creator to do it the other way around. But yes, so... And for those curious, we will not be discussing too much... 
the, the Twin Peaks season three or Twin Peaks the return because Bartek hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. But I will touch on some certain points, nothing too spoilery or nothing major, just because the the season three does have some recontextualization of this film. But that's about it. Uh, by happenstance, Bartek, a few other podcasts that we know are doing some David Lynch stuff. The Contrarians podcast uh, should be by the time we do this episode coming out uh, an episode on blue velvet okay and for your reference pod uh doing twin peaks as well they're watching the show and the movie and i had to explain to them that they had to watch the movie in between season two and three they didn't realize that there was a movie oh okay so and i'm like oh if you you got to watch the movie or else season three was going to make little to no sense to you at all because it picks up a lot so Yep, we're very keen on that. So yeah, we will be discussing some plot elements of the first two seasons of the show as well, just because you kind of have to. Yeah. But uh, but the movie will do that also. So that's about it. Uh, you can find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter. We are always posting some fun uh, questions and posts and sharing videos and pictures. It's a real fun time. Last week we did uh, Who Killed Captain Alex, and there was lots of fun posts about that movie and questions. Yeah, like the guy what... who recommended the film had a lot of comments. Yeah, and uh, if you like, like I asked, like what movie would you want the VJ Emmy treatment on? And there was a picture of uh, Saving Private Ryan <laughs> with the with the phrase "Expect the unexpectable." <laughs> um, so lots of fun stuff on there. Uh, we have our YouTube page. That's where we upload some of these. We upload these episodes too but every now and then some little juicy nuggets uh and we have an email bartek what's our email if people want to contact us that's spit and polish ed at gmail.com yes like ed from twin peaks Uh, (laughs) spit and polished at gmail.com if you want to email us through with questions thoughts on what we've said movie recommendations because as i said we we do cover movies that get recommended by the listening people you guys at home so it's always it's always good to get a recommendation from you if you want to give one to us there's our email and like i said social media is right there uh, rate us, review us on whatever podcatcher allows it, because it makes us very happy, mm-hmm. or very sad, depending if your rating is bad. But don't do a bad one. Give us a good one. That's what we want. We want good ratings and reviews. That's what we want. We want nice things. Yeah, we had that one review that was what, like three stars. That was a bit quiet. It's like the one whose name sounds is spelt how it sounds. Or the something. main negative was. I thought the movie that was clearly titled Bubble Boy that came out in this specific year was, was a movie called Boy in the Bubble that came out in a completely different decade. But <laughs> I guess it's their fault for making me think that even though they clearly explicitly said it's this movie starring this actor directed by this director. From this year. From this particular year. And yet I still didn't understand and I was so confused. It's Where's like, what John Travolta? The... Where's John Travolta in a bubble? <laughs> what are they talking about? Jake Gyllenhaal in a bubble? I don't understand. Well, that's your fault, lady. So, Bartek, a pleasure as always. And um, I guess I'll see you in 25 years when we cover the (laughs) Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. So, until next time, listening people, remember, don't join a fascist regime, I guess. You Germans are always on time. Achtung, baby!